So I just texted Nina and I said, what should I preach on today? So not like I done preach a sermon and I've been working on a series uh, through the book of Colossians, little four chapter book that Paul wrote to the Colossians. Um, he had never met them. A lot of the churches that Paul wrote letters to like Galatians and Ephesians, um, he'd met those folks, Thessalonians, he'd met those folks, Colossian people he didn't meet. One of the things that I find to be the most important is, it seems, and I, I, I don't want to use dr- overly dramatic language, but we're in a battle. Um, and I think Paul was writing to people that were in a battle for their minds. I think a lot of the Christians had pretty much peace and quiet in their daily lives as they were wandering around Colossae or Ephesus or Galatia or, you know, yeah, they could do business, they could do carry on. But there's something else going on. There's, there's the Roman Empire, which absolutely controls everything, culturally controls things. Um, and this I've discovered in reading some of the history. The, the image of Caesar was everywhere. It permeated, kind of like the, the Nike swoosh that you see, and you know as soon as you see that big swoosh, you know it's Nike, right? Of course, they stole that. It's, you know what that swoosh is called? It's called a Chevron from Chevron Oil. Oh my gosh, who owns what in America? You know, it's like, So I don't think we have a Roman Empire like a government over us, but what we do have, and this is what I picked up last week in in Colossians, the first chapter, there is another empire that absolutely dominates our world, consumerism, buy it, stuff, you got to have more stuff, you got to have more things, right? And, and, and I noted this, and I'm not just picking on any uh, these particular presidents, but they're the ones that come to mind. After that terrible, horrific challenger that went into outer space and blew up, the president, Reagan, came back on television and said, back to business as usual. He didn't grief, grieve one moment. Back to business. 9-11 happened. Horrific tragedy. The whole globe is going, oh my gosh, what's going on in America? And President Bush said, you need to go shopping. What? You know. 2008, the economy goes to hell in a handbasket. And so where did Obama give all the money to? Wall Street. Money goes to the people who do Madison Avenue. Consumerism consumes us. That is the idol of the day. That is the empire. And I think Paul was speaking directly against empire. Whether it's the Roman Empire or consumerism or the United States of wherever, or Paul is pushing back. In the second chapter of Colossians, which is what I worked on this morning, 
with my folks at St. John's, I think there's another subject, not consumerism in our contemporary day. Again, for Paul, it was Roman Empire is the problem. We have to think differently, act differently, be different than they. In today's world, the topic of truth comes up. Truth is up for grabs, isn't it? In fact, we even have our wonderful late-night comedian Stephen Colbert creating a word that got into Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Truthiness, right? He made up a word to do a comedy skit on stage, and it took off, went viral. Isn't that the word we use? And Merriam-Webster's dictionary picked up the word truthiness. It now has a, there is a definition for truthiness in a Merriam-Webster dictionary. And a comedian made up the word. And basically the definition of truthiness is, it may not be based on fact, it's just how you feel. Is that how, okay, you're at the family dinner, it's Thanksgiving, and you want Uncle Billy to shut up um, and not throw the turkey leg across, you know, the family argument coming up here. It's, and, well, that's just your opinion. Don't we always back into that as that's kind of the, that's our backdrop. Oh, well, that's just your opinion. And now we can all just sit around and have our own opinions. Is there any truth? Is there truth? I mean, Jesus says, he and Pilate, Pontius Pilate were kind of having that discussion, weren't they? And Pilate says, what is truth? We've been, we've been bantering this back and forth. We've been hassling with this one for thousands of years. What's truth? And now we had our four-week with, with John, Master Giovanni, right? Ralph, Rickenbacker in Switzerland, Pastor Jeff and me, I missed the fourth one because I'm sitting in an Airbnb in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and I couldn't get my internet connection, and Jeff and I back there were diligently working to try to get me up, and it just didn't have enough whatever. So I never got in my last words about the Bible as the Word of God and the Bible as this Word of truth, okay? Let's pick up our word for the day. Our word for the day is truth. Is every word of it true? Well, we kind of dismantled that and said, well, there's ways that... Okay, so let me approach it this way. Is there a thread from Genesis to Revelation? Is there a trajectory from the beginning to the end of that book that you can say that? I know it's true. That I know is real. That I know is at the core of who I am. And I think that's what Paul gets back to with some of his language and some of his words and some of his poems that he uses in this short little book of Colossians. He gets to the truth. He gets at that core thread that you see throughout. I think it's at least two things, maybe more, but at least these two things. And see if this resonates with you. 
There is a sensitivity to suffering in the Bible that you do not see in any other religion or religious writings. Sensitivity to suffering. The second, and I won't go into this one, is this truth is rooted in creation. God created, creation is good, and all creation will be renewed, restored, reborn, rebirthed. A new heavens and a new earth is, is this reestablishing of creation because it's good. That's as much as I'll say about that one, creation. I mean, there's a whole sermon about creation and how we should be taking care of creation and God's good gift to us, yada, yada, yada. But this idea of sensitivity to suffering, I don't know that it's absolutely unique and it's the only place, but when it comes to this thread of truth from beginning to end of the Bible, you're seeing, I mean, you see it in the very beginning. God is fed up with the people, tells Noah and his sons, build an ark. Because the world in which you live is continually violent. But here is God creating a way out. Here is God creating a way of salvation, if you will. He's sensitive to the suffering of the world. And some people would look at that as, no, he's obliterating the world. No, he saves the world. In fact, when Peter references Noah... He says, we are saved. And of course, Peter makes it into baptism because they do that a lot in the New Testament. They make everything talk about baptism. Paul did it here in Colossians 2 and Paul did it again in Romans 6 and they talk a lot about that. But the point being that God is sensitive to the suffering. Joseph gets treated like garbage from his older brother's. And yet God is sensitive to his suffering in prison and gets him a way out. The Israelites are 400 years enslaved under the domination, the empire of Egypt. And God hears the cries of the people and comes to liberate them. The Psalms. When we read the Psalms, we hear those angry Psalms, those shake your fist in God's face Psalms. Do you ever pray any of those? Or do you just go, ah, that's a little bit too angry for me? I mean, because some of them are, I mean, that one about smite the Babylonians and crush their babies on rocks. I'm going, really? You're going to pray that? But there's also these psalms of lament and compassion and contrition where we see the everlasting love of God, the steadfast love of God. The never-failing love of God, right? That's the message of the psalm, if there's any big message. Because God is sensitive to the suffering. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And his buddies Amos and Hosea were just as racked with grief and pain. There is this thread of sensitivity to suffering. Of course, what's the pinnacle? What's the, 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 the mountaintop experience is Jesus on the cross, identifies with suffering. Isaiah tells us that's God taking into God's very person suffering and pain. God suffers in Jesus 
on the cross. And that's where God declares that we are forgiven. And that's, that's the essence of J Jesus' prayer. Father, Abba, forgive them. They're clueless. Okay, that's my version of it. But Abba, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God answers yes. Yes. There's this thread of the sensitivity to the suffering. And that's true. What do I know about God in my own life? Forget the book. Forget the worship. Forget the church. What do I know about God in my own life? And I can't forget about any of those things. They influence me tremendously. When I hurt, I cry to God. When I'm in pain and I don't have answers, I cry to God. That's who I go to. Oh, Danny Bell Hall just came into my I go to the rock, the rock of my salvation. I, yeah, I need some Danny Bell Hall. I need Danny Bell Hall most of my life. I go to the rock of my salvation. When you're hurting, when life is overwhelming, when the storms of life completely destroy us, I go to the rock. I go to God. Because he is the one. God is the one in my suffering, in my hurt, in my pain, who will be there. So when I talk about the Bible being the true word of God, I'm talking about it at a very personal level. That there is this sensitivity to my suffering, your suffering, that I can say, yes, that's my God. And that's what I see in this book. Because... When we're honest, we know that this book of ours, this Bible, this Word of God, this Genesis to Revelation story has also been used, and be careful about this, it has also been used as a weapon to hurt, to oppress, to inflict pain and violence on other people. Oh. Using the Bible as, oh, it's a sword, it's a two-edged sword of God. That doesn't mean you get to chop somebody's head off with it. And yet, we have 2,000 years of history in the church where we can cite chapter and verse where that has been done. Right? My own I'll pick on my own tradition. Martin Luther in fact, I just saw this on Facebook, so you know how authoritative it is. You know, you know, this is, I have a friend in Pennsylvania, Pastor Tim, and he quoted one of these little pithy, wonderful little quotes from Martin Luther that basically said that you're always supposed to take care of your neighbor, never do any harm to your neighbor, right? Sounds good. And two other friends of mine who are also friends of his found other quotes from Martin Luther. You don't want to read these. What you should do with the Jews. And Martin Luther had vicious, terrible, violent, angry, nasty things to say about what you should do with the Jews. And then, then the other friend quoted something else again, from the mouth or the pen of Martin Luther. Yeah, a two-edged sword. Chopping our own heads off. We embarrass ourselves. You don't get to use the Bible as a weapon. 
You don't get to use it as a sword to hurt others. You don't get to use our faith to oppress and violate others. It's not what it does to me. What it does to me is it forgives my sin. I hear this word. It sets me free, fills me with the Spirit. Pours out all these gifts of ministry that I can do, that you can do, that I can benefit from your doing them. That's what this word gives us, this strength, this courage. Yeah, so it's kind of cheap and easy to say, yeah, the Bible is always true and every word of the Bible is true. And I'm just, oh man, we got a long conversation to have now, right? But what I know is true is it, it touches me when I hurt. I find those words of grace and mercy and healing and forgiveness in those words. And we have that word in us. And now we walk away from here. We walk away from an experience of worship, of hearing the word of God, of praying, of receiving Holy Communion. And we then go shine that light. We then go take that. Not as a weapon, but we take that love and it fills us. And then we, ah, let's go share that. And you're not going to be perfect when you do it. That's not the point. The point isn't about being perfect. The point is about being as faithful as you can be. And that's so wonderfully rich for us to be that witness and that light in the world. And that's what I'm picking up in this book of Colossians, this letter that Paul is writing to Colossians. I'm going to read, as I close, I'm going to read scripture. How about that? See to it that nobody enslaves you with philosophy or foolish deception which conform to human traditions and the way the world thinks and acts rather than Christ. All the fullness of deity, of godness, lives in Christ's body. And you have been filled with him. What? You have been filled with him, by him, for him. And he, by the way, is the head of every ruler, every empire, every authority, every kingdom. You were buried with him through baptism and raised with him through faith in the power of God. Who raised him from the dead? Christ has taken us in, loved us, redeemed us, healed us, and set us out, sent us out, if you will. Amen. I like this group because 
you can now, if you want to, you can just respond and you can just throw things back at me and say, what in the dickens did you mean by that? Um, and my Lutherans would just go, no, the piano would start playing, we have to sing this next song and then we have to do this. But if y'all want to respond to that or react to that or bang that back and forth, I'm open or if you have questions and, and no, I didn't, you'd, well, I guess they could text me it. You don't, they don't have my phone number or anything like that. So, no. We good? We good? I'm good. I love this stuff. I've been diving deep into Colossians. I never thought I would. I mean, it's just four little chapters, but it's been digging deep into it. So, it's been good. Been good. Are you guys going to sing something? Are we going to do something next? Or are we going to go to commun- a prayer, communion? Do- Nina sent me a couple prayer requests. Oh. Somebody from Bingo contacted Nina and said, Stacy has a blood infection. And needs prayer. Talon is still in pain. And Cheryl needs to have more patience. Get in line. Get in line. The virtue we never have enough of. Patience. Right? Oh. Oh. I learned that the hard way from my grandmother when I was outside the bathroom and she was in the bathroom with the door locked and I was doing the little boy dance outside the bathroom door. You know what I mean, the little boy dance. And then she walked out and said, patience is a virtue. My wet pants did not think that. So I just, you know, just, but I was just a little boy. So it's all forgiven. So patience is a virtue. Yes, it is, grandma. Or granny, as we called her, because that's kind of that old English way that we did things in our house. So, so, thank you, sir. First, we'll pray, and then I'll lead into the uh, prayer over the elements. And then, who just texted me something? Jeff. All right. He said he's going to steal everything that I just said and share it there in California. So I don't think so. So God bless him. So let's have a time of prayer. Let's just lift up our hearts to God. Let's quiet our minds. Lord God, in your goodness, you come to us. You sought us out and loved us in our running away, in our suffering, in our not being able to see you, hear you, acknowledge you, and you love us. And for that, we lift you up and give you praise and give you glory. And we lift up these that Pastor Nina has brought to our attention, Stacy, and her blood infection, that you would set your healing hand upon her, strengthen her and give her courage and hope for the days ahead. And be with those doctors as she is in the hospital. 
and that you would lift the pain from Talon, that you would strengthen him, and that you would be with Cheryl, grant her the patience she needs for this day, and not to worry about the days ahead, the weeks ahead, the times ahead, but that you would be strength, that you would strengthen each and of us in our walk, that we would be encouraged and set on a path to be lights in the world, to share your love, to share your joy, to show your peace, and to be peacemakers in the world that is always weaponizing and violating and hurting and oppressing. And everywhere we turn, we hear that. Set us free by your love. Strengthen us by your love. Heal us in your wisdom, in your time, in your glory. As we enter into this time of sacrament, of this time of holiness and sharing of your meal, we acknowledge that you are the Holy One, you are mighty, and you are merciful. Heaven and earth are full of your glory, O God. And in great love you sent to us, Jesus, who reached out to heal the sick and the suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all of us. And on that night that we handed him over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus, he took bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink. Saying this cup is the new promise in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. So we remember the death, the resurrection, the ascension, and we await the coming and glory of Jesus. And we ask that during this time of Holy Communion, you would pour out your spirit of love on us, that you would unite our wills and our hearts as we share in this heavenly food, in this body and blood of Jesus. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise and all the honor you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. Take and eat. God bless and strengthen you. God grant you joy for the day ahead, for the days ahead, for the week ahead. 
live in his joy, experience his peace, and share his life. Amen. Amen. Anything else for closing that you want to sing or do or share? Or... That's the shortest Genesis worship service. And I mean, you've got time to get to Cheddar's before it even opens, you know. God bless and strengthen you guys. Thank you.